apologies in advance that my voice is a little different today. Hopefully I make it through, and I don't want it to be a distraction for what the Lord would have for us today. So please pray with me. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for the chance to gather in your presence. Thank you for your scripture and the truth that is in there that is the true riches that never changes. Speak to us today, Lord, by your Holy Spirit. Open our hearts to what you would say to us in Jesus' name. Amen. There's a lot in the scriptures today about contentment and about trials, and uh, we're going to be talking about those really easy topics today, <laughs> just a little bit. And um, <clears throat> over the next few weeks, we're going to be looking a little bit at what it is to have faith in God through trials and how that works out and plays out in our lives. Because whoever said that being a Christian means that all your troubles go away is not quite... Uh, miss, I'm not quite on the mark there, are they, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so contentment, the idea of contentment, that's a hard one. Um, you know, I look at my, my own life and the things that I struggle with. You know, it'd be nice to have a new bow. Uh, my old one still works. should probably be content with that. You know, um, or uh, when I was growing up, my parents thought that I was a member of the Fishing Pole of the Week Club. <laughs> if I earned a little bit of side money or something like that, I would immediately go to, back then it was Kmart or Ames, and uh, I had to have another fishing pole. I was never content with what I had. Um, don't sneer at me. <laughs> She's thinking, what's changed? <laughs> but in our culture, we're always yearning for the next things, the next biggest thing, the greatest next tech, the next size house, the newer car. You know, the world measures contentment and gain very differently than God. And this sneaks its way into the church, too, and, and into our lives. Uh, contentment can be hard for us. And the scriptures today have a lot to say about contentment and wealth. And what happens if we seek security and contentment in sources other than God? It's no surprise that the Lord would teach us very different things about contentment than what the world has to say. Simply because the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. It doesn't make sense to those that are living by the code of the world. We live by a different code and a different standard. And so what the Lord would teach us is going to run counterculturally to what we see around us. So, if we take away nothing else from this message today... I hope we'll get more than this, but if we take away nothing else, I'm hoping that we'll see that what the scriptures are saying to us today is to check our hearts. Be sure that they are following after the Lord and not after those things which will seem good in the beginning, but eventually lead us into pains, sinful trials, and death. Uh, so 1 Timothy chapter 6, 6-19 to 19, um, was that passage read so wonderfully by Carter. And uh, the very first part of it says this. There is great gain in godliness combined with contentment. For we brought nothing into the world so that we can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with these. That's sort of a mic drop moment. If you really look at what that says. Uh, we're taking nothing into the world and we're going to take nothing out. It puts everything into context. It's a very stark statement. 
Nothing that we build here that is physical will last. So I'm not too worried about the last 10% of trim in my house. Ninety percent. Oh, no. <laughs> you know, for most of us, God entrusts us with more than we need. How are we faithful with that? How are we faithful with what He's entrusted to us? Um, it's a very challenging statement for us. You know, even to the one amongst us who is perhaps least in their means, physical, like you know, wealthy means. In our culture is rich comparison to the rest of the world. Um, I'm a member of a couple of uh, online pastors groups, and every once in a while, people post a picture of their church, and I see everything from, you know, lights that probably cost more than my truck, shining down on the stage, to a tin shack somewhere uh, in Africa or East Asia, and people are worshiping the same God, reading the same Bible, uh, and. It's just a very different expression and how are we faithful and are we, are we um, following what the Lord would have us to do with what he's entrusted to us? Could we actually be content with just food and clothes? Ask ourselves that for just a moment. Right? Just food, just clothing, the simple necessities for this physical life. There's a TV series that my family has watched. It's called Alone. Has anybody watched any of that at all? Mm -hmm. These people get dropped off and they're left alone in the wilderness to survive. And they're allowed to bring 10 items with them. And the struggle is always shelter, fire, water, food. That's what the whole struggle is. They're just trying to survive. And whoever survives the longest without having to tap out, you know, call on the sap phone and say, come get me, I'm not going to make it, um, wins a bunch of money, you know. Uh, but it's amazing because it puts things in perspective because these people discover what a wealth a harvested red squirrel is when they're hungry. You know, the pesky things that get into our bird feeders that we get annoyed about, they cry when they get one because they're so hungry. Or um, if their shelter accidentally catches fire in January, they're done. They have to tap out. They, they call. Um, one lady in particular, I remember, she was so hungry, she finally caught a northern pike through the ice. And it was the first protein she had in weeks. She was hugging the fish and crying, dancing around on the ice. It looks so foreign to us, but... When it came down to it, they realized what really was valuable and were super content with things that we might not be into. Well, Pike is kind of bony. I don't want to eat that, <laughs> you know. But she is just absolutely beside herself with joy for that. Now, I know that that seems like perhaps a far-fetched example. Um, but we go back to that verse. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with contentment. So what's really at work here is the renewing of our minds and the changing of our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Okay? Wealth is not bad. Scripture is not saying that here. It's not saying that having more than we need is bad. Um, letting it become our goal, our focus, and eventually an idol in our lives is not good. 
Um, if we start seeking after something more than we seek after the true riches found in Jesus Christ, then we have an imbalance that is going to play out. And in the book of 1 Timothy here in this reading, it tells us, and in doing so, some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with a great many pains. Okay? Um, the Bible doesn't say that money is the root of all evil. It says the love of money is the root of all evil. So in many ways, having wealth is actually a trial in our lives to see how we're going to handle that, what's entrusted to us, how faithful are we with it, how do we discern true need and how to share, how do we draw the line at what is enough for us and what God intends for others through us. If we're really not going to be able to take anything with us from this life, then how do we order our priorities with what we gain? Uh, last Sunday, we talked a little bit with the kids about being trustworthy with little will lead us to being entrusted with more. God entrusts to us what we have and sees if we're faithful with it. The scripture last week uh, ended with this statement, if you have not been faithful in the use of worldly wealth, who will entrust you with the true riches? True riches. It's that. <laughs> Sounds nice. Sounds like something we should go for, right? Uh, <clears throat> how much do we labor for that which perishes? If that sounds familiar, it's because it's in John chapter 6. Jesus is speaking, and he says, Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. So, living bread, true bread, true riches are found in Christ. That's where we're seeking. You know, earlier I mentioned that this is really about, about heart change. This is about the renewing of our hearts and our minds. And as we come to know Christ more deeply, he will be changing us by his Holy Spirit from the inside out. And that changes our priorities. That changes what we value, where we put our hearts, where we put our mouths, our minds, and our money. Have you ever noticed that uh, as you mature in the faith, your prayer life changes a little bit? Maybe it used to be about, dear God, I really want that thing. And now it's more about, I want to know you more. I want to be more in your presence. I want to be more like you. Change me. Prayer, in many ways, is more about bringing our wills and desires into conformity with God's rather than bringing God into conformity with ours. Recently, I, I began going through a, a storage building that my parents built back in 1985. When we moved from Connecticut, we moved from a larger house into a small cabin up on the hill. And way more stuff than would fit in there. So my dad built a storage building out of wood and had a you know, shingle roof over it. And, and uh, over the years, it rotted into the ground. And he put everything that they thought they needed and that they wanted to save in this storage building. Stored it in garbage cans and bins and garbage bags and buckets and everything that he could to keep the mice and the rust and the water and everything away from it. And now as I'm starting to go through it, Everything's destroyed. 
all that effort to stash all that away, you know, you open up a garbage can and I found some baby clothes of mine from when I was just, you know, a little duffer, one, two years old, that kind of thing. And it's uh, pretty much trashed, you know, and it was a good lesson to look at. What do we hold on to? What do we value? Where do we place um, our wealth? And what are we willing to invest in? Matthew 6, 19 to 20 speaks directly to this. It says, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. What do we treasure? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, we read in scripture. And um, you know, if we look at the register in our checkbook, it will probably tell us a lot about what we value, a lot about what we treasure, what we spend our time thinking about. Um, and it could be you know, things that the Holy Spirit is going to convict us about. Or we could look in there and be encouraged and say, okay, yes, I can see some areas where I'm investing in eternal things rather than temporal things. So as followers of Christ, what should we treasure? What are those true riches? And again, I'm not saying that, that having wealth and having money is a bad thing. It's, it's getting that out ahead of Christ in our lives that is where things become misaligned. So true riches... Uh, Colossians chapter 2 and verse um, 1 and 2 here. For I want you to know how great a struggle I have for you, for those at Laodicea and for those who have not seen me face to face, that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love, to reach all the riches of full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery, which is in Christ in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. True riches are found only in Christ, and only in Christ will we be content. Only in him will we actually be satisfied. So how do we get there? Like, this all sounds like platitudes, and it might seem, if we take a really hard look at it, that there's a pretty big gap between where we stand and godly contentment in Christ. Like, how does that play out in our daily lives? Um, the Apostle Paul shows us the way. And I want to end with this and encourage us with this. Uh, so if you have your Bible and you want to flip over to Philippians uh, chapter 4, Paul speaks to this very directly. Chapter 4 and verse 11. He's speaking of God's provision. Not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. And then here it is. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So Paul is talking about how we get there. 
He has been able to experience contentment in Jesus Christ regardless of what his physical circumstances are. If that spiritual truth could find its way into our, into our hearts and into our practice, how freeing would that be? And how much anxiety would that lift off of our shoulders as we work to labor for that which perishes and we lay awake at 2 o'clock in the morning worrying about how we're going to make the next car payment? If we look at what truly matters and what is truly valuable... And if we trust that God will provide all of our needs according to his riches in glory, as the scripture says, then we can trust that God's got this. Look back in chapter 3. Not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call in Christ Jesus. Paul is telling us what he's after. It's the goal. It's the prize in Christ Jesus. And then one chapter later, he says, I can be content with whatever because of who Christ is in my life. So as we seek Christ, we will learn and we will know more of his heart and we will continue to be transformed into his image and his likeness, including what we value and how we use what has been entrusted to us. In the name of Christ, amen.